Now, I don't know if I would call this one of our favorite topics that we talk about with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun, but it certainly comes up off. We must like talking about it, Vaughn. Oh, come on. It's a favorite. Is it? <laughs> There's nothing like it out there at the moment. <laughs> Surrey policing. Here we are again. Although this was a little bit different, I would say, this time, because what happened with Surrey policing was a very kind of a detailed technical briefing, which we don't get enough of in terms of actual details on this story. Yeah, we've been complaining for a long time that there's no sort of take it to the bank independent numbers on this. And, I, and this is as close as we've gotten. The administrator that the provincial government sent in to try to sort things out, Mike Sayre, gave us the budget, the budget that he presented to Surrey Council back on November the 30th and on which he has received no response. So he gave us, it's pretty detailed, a lot of stuff in there. We've never seen numbers as good as that from the mayor in Surrey. What we tend to get is political boilerplate from her. So I would say this is pretty credible. Uh, yes. And the other thing is Mike Sayre said, look, he's still willing to work with Surrey Council. He's still willing to tweak the numbers if they point out things that need to be addressed between now and March the 1st. But here we go. We've got the numbers. And I, as I said, I think this is more credible than anything we've seen from the mayor and council on this issue. Okay, let's dive into these numbers then. What did you discover? Well, there's two big ones, and I think these are the, the main challenge. So Sarah listed off the money available for policing services this year, and it's $337 million. That's for both police forces and all the other costs associated with it. Mostly money approved by Surrey, but there's some money left over unused from a previous year transition fund. And there's $30 million from the province. The member of the province put up, offered $150 million to fund transition. So you put all that together, $337 million. And he says that Surrey Policing Services this year is requesting $142 million. So that will allow them to staff up to about 400 officers on the street and plus some other officers as well. Uh, That'll take the standalone Surrey Police Service about two thirds of the way to the final transition where they are the police force out there. So uh, there's the numbers. Uh, If you you take them, and as I said, I haven't seen a substantive challenge to them, that means there's $195 million left over, not used by Surrey Policing Services to pay for the RCMP and any other costs out there. So you put all that together, there's plenty of money to pay for what's needed this year. And there's no need for any kind of tax increase this year to pay for the Surrey Policing Service. So that's the the big numbers, bottom line. Uh, Sarah did not. Yeah, I'd have to say I just went through the transcript this morning again. I listened to him yesterday and I went through the transcript today. Also listened to the off the record background briefing. And I would say uh, he's a pro. Uh, he stayed away from the politics as much as he could in this, although I guess everything you can say about Surrey Policing Services, including the sentence I just uttered, is fundamentally no political. Kidding, yeah. But um, what I would say is we now can see, because this is the other important thing that happened, we can now see the end game on the financial front. So there's a couple of dates to circle. First one is March the 1st. Up until then, Sarah is willing to change the budget submission, 
if Surrey meets with him and says, here's some things you need to address. <clears throat> the next date that's important is the 15th of May. By that date, <clears throat> Surrey Council needs to approve the budget. If they don't approve it, then it's quite clear what happens in provincial law. Sare submits the budget to the provincial director of policing services, Lewis, and he can impose the final budget on Surrey. So this thing isn't going to go on forever. The budget dispute, financial dispute, is going to be resolved. Surrey has two choices. Meet with Sare, try to work something out, or accept that if they just continue to ignore it and continue to fight it, then the provincial director of policing services is going to impose a budget on Surrey, and that will be the law. Well, it sounds very much like from the reaction of the mayor, they're just going to ignore it. Yeah, they're going to ignore it. They're fighting in court. Okay, so I don't think their chances are uh, very good of stopping this in court. But, you know, you never know what a judge is going to do. And I'm no lawyer, so maybe, uh, unlikely. Uh, but in the meantime, this is how things are going to proceed. I don't see that other than the injunction, the mayor and council have any way to stop this Uh Municipalities are, a creature, are creatures of the provincial government. They Ultimately, the province has the law on its side. So I think in terms of financial, that's where we're headed. Either Surrey accepts these numbers, tries to adjust them a bit within the realm of possibility, or they're going to be imposed on Surrey. Now, that doesn't end the political dispute here. You know, behind all this is a blame game. And my, I think all the indications are that Surrey is fighting this, not because they expect to win the financial legal argument, but because at the end of the day, they want to say that any tax increases in Surrey that result either this year or in the long run, they want to say they're Mike Farnworth's tax increases. I mean, Surrey's already saying that on billboards out there. So there's not, I'm not guessing yeah. at their strategy. Exactly. Well, that's where we're headed. Yeah, that is exactly. I, I think we might be talking about this again. So, yeah, just just a wild guess. You, know? you think? I don't know. I, I yesterday listening to the Crawfords, I was like, oh, okay, well, no, this is these are the numbers. Now this is it. And now, twenty four hours later, I'm not so sure. This is it. So that's well, the way the story you know, goes. Sarah had to admit because he got asked, right? This is the budget for Surrey Policing Services, and he sounds like he's pretty solid ground on that. He put it all together. And he gets asked, okay, well, what's it going to cost to maintain the RCMP in Surrey this year? He said he doesn't know. You know, he shared his numbers with the RCMP, but hasn't heard back. He's not really in charge of that because ultimately the RCMP right. is a federal police force in a world of their own. One of the reasons some people in Surrey want to get away from the RCMP is because they have doubts about that. But yeah, there's still a gap here which is we don't know what the RCMP needs this year in Surrey. And the mayor and council uh, would point out as well that there are some long-term capital and transition costs that may not be covered by this, although that's in dispute. Right. They pointed out yesterday that some of the things that people have been saying, well, what's it going to cost for IT? Well, that's in the budget, actually. There's $30 million. In oh, there you now, go. What about, you know, providing the new Surrey police force with 
you know, armor and uniforms and ammunition. Well, that's all in the budget too. So a lot of the stuff we've been hearing questions about are addressed in this budget, but there's one biggie and that is what's it going to cost to staff up the RCMP for the rest of the year? We don't know. Uh, well, I guess the ball's in their court then. All right, we're back t- talking with uh, Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun here. And I guess the Premier weighed in on a couple of issues yesterday too. Yeah, Premier had a news conference yesterday to announce the provincial government response to the devastating report summary from the chief coroner on the fact that we broke the record uh, for a number of overdose deaths last year and the chief coroner's complaints that the provincial government has not been providing enough support. Uh, for people with mental health and addiction issues, uh, which is lies behind, along with toxic drugs, lies behind the death toll there. So the premier announced 180 new treatment beds. It's a, it's just a news release, folks. It isn't 180 new beds until they're actually there. And in addition, I would say, Simi, that uh, I've seen enough of these announcements. There is evidence that the provincial government is doing the old game of double counting. Uh, The BC United opposition got its hands on some information under access to information, which suggests that in their first, gee, we're in the eighth year of NDP government, they only added about 250 treatment beds. So uh, yes, this is needed. And yes, the government is doing something, but there's some open questions as to what it will actually accomplish. And there's a couple of interesting things that the chief coroner said about all this. And the first thing she said is that we don't have a lot of data on what we've actually done and whether it's effective. I mean, there's a huge lack of data around here, Simeon. It matters because when the grand experiment with decriminalization was announced a year ago, one of the things the federal government, which approved it all, said, we're going to be meticulous about checking on how this is working and we're going to have lots of data and we're going to be able to say this worked and this didn't work. It's spotty. And the chief coroner said it again. There's a good interview with her in the Glove of Mail today with Andrea Wu. She says, we don't know. You know, we've got all these beds, but we don't know how effective this is. And the other problem is, she says, even if we had all the beds we need, and Simi, you and I know that when people say they want treatment, they can't get them. There's a waiting list. That's right, yeah. Even if we had all that. And she said, you know, some people aren't ready for treatment. And that's the reason she, the chief coroner, is saying we need greater access to safe supply drugs without prescriptions. So you basically just need to make it available so that people can get the safe supply so they don't fall back on the poisoned illicit supply. That She's been saying that since last fall. As you noted, the premier responded on that yesterday as well. And he said, no way. He said the provincial government and the chief coroner disagree on this one. The province does not. These are, the premier says these are dangerous, hard drugs. And the province is not going to allow them to be dispensed without the oversight of a medical professional. So there has to be prescriptions, and that's the end of it. And on that one, my guess is Premier probably has some public support, although there are consequences because there's an awful lot of people out there accessing the unsafe supply uh, on the black criminal market because there aren't enough, there isn't enough access to the safe supply at the moment. 
Okay, so there was that that he talked about. I also want to get to, because we have Vancouver Mayor Ken Simon coming on, like he, he talked about the whole park board situation too. Yeah, the Premier got asked about that. Uh, the question is, you know, the provincial government uh, needs, uh, uh, sorry, the city of Vancouver needs provincial government approval, an amendment to the Vancouver Charter that would then allow the city to do what mayor wants, which is to get rid of the park board, the elected one. Uh, Premier got asked about that, and he said, well, yes, he's aware of the request, and he knows it's a priority for, quote, some people in Vancouver, no names, but he said it is, has to be recognized this is not a major priority for the provincial government. So he kind of suspected this all along. The legislature is sitting for less time this spring than usual. It's an election year. There is no fall session. And because it's an election year, as you might imagine, the, the New Democrats have their own agenda. And I took that as a pretty strong hint from the premier that Ken Sims' agenda is not going to be part of the provincial government agenda this spring. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard there too, but we'll hear what the mayor has to say. Thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Simi.